0: Hi, everyone. Today's HR Happy Hour is part of a special series of shows we recorded at Oracle Open World 2019 in September in San Francisco. You'll hear from Oracle, of course, but more importantly, you'll hear from HR and HRIS leaders from some of the world's most innovative companies on their HR technology transformations and journeys. This was a fun series of shows to record. Thanks to our friends at Oracle for having us out at Open World. You can learn more about Oracle's HCM solutions at www.oracle.com slash HCM. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bowes. I'm joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thank you very much. This is day two of our special series of shows from Oracle Open World 2019 in San Francisco. That's right. I had a great day yesterday. I did. Where, I did What did you think?
1: It was a really interesting day. I felt like we not only recorded several good shows, we were able to hear Larry Ellison in his keynote. Yeah, he killed it. And absolutely. I mean, any chance you get to uh, spend an hour and a half or so with him is always a good, good amount of time spent. So um, I feel like I learned a lot. And in the analyst briefing room, we heard from many of the cloud uh, developers and strategists. And so it was just a very, very good day. How about you?
0: I thought it was an excellent day. Yeah, I saw a lot of old friends as well. True, and, uh, true. Really loved being out here. and uh, But I especially loved being able to do the show, uh, our second day of shows here. We have another great guest here, another great uh, great American company here, Trish. One I love of my, it. I, in an industry that I love, which is basically shipping, trucking, I love this. I'm fascinated by it. I don't know why. Our guest today is Jason Ringenberg from YRC Worldwide. Jason, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Jason, right off the bat, I kind of teased it a little, trucking and shipping, which I... Love this industry. I'm fascinated by it, just irrationally, probably in a weird way.
1: Maybe you need uh, to work with I know. Jason. I got to step back a little bit. If <laughs> you do want to, talk to be a afterwards. driver, let me know. I, <laughs> I might.
0: I might need a backup plan after this podcast doesn't work out. There you um, go. Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself, of course, sure. and a little bit, if you can, about YRC Worldwide, a huge company, but maybe not a
2: brand name that everybody's familiar with. Yeah, so YRC Worldwide is a holding company. We own four specific you know, LTL trucking companies. So think, you know, bigger than parcel shipments, but less than truckload. Three of those are regional companies. And then YRC is actually formed by the combination of the uh, legacy companies called Yellow Freight and Roadway Express. And they merged into form YRC Worldwide. It's about a $5 billion company located on the south side of Kansas City uh, in Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, I joined in 2014 as the CIO. Uh, before joining uh, YRC, I served as a partner, an executive partner in Accenture for a number of years okay. and uh, joined right out of Accenture.
0: Wow. Okay. So going from that kind of big consulting world into yeah. into distribution, right, yes. trucking, that But I got to tell you, you made the right choice. I see no future in those <laughs> consulting companies. <laughs>
2: future, You know, it was the right choice uh, when the company that you joined is about eight or nine miles from your house and yeah. the other one is... Uh, Fairly virtual and had a significant amount of travel. is yeah. a great company. Right, right. Uh, I I'm led teasing. their global freight and logistics practice for a number of years, so right. I knew exactly what right. I was so getting you, into. So you're coming oh, in this with though. a deep business background then in
0: logistics, transportation, shipping, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yeah, actually much deeper in transportation and logistics than yeah. in technology. Wow, interesting. interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit about what's happening at YRC in terms of you walk in in 2014. Yep. What are you finding in terms of... HR systems, finance systems, ERP systems. This is a large company, thirty thousand plus employees. A lot of things going on, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, so you know, YRC was you know developed by a series of mergers and acquisitions, you know, over the years. So, uh, as many companies that have been through that M and A type experience, we had you know multiple HR solutions and we had multiple um, finance solutions. The primary one was a legacy PeopleSoft environment that was implemented in the late nineteen nineties, partially to combat. Y2K and partially to move away from some of the custom developed things that we had. And so that's the environment that we walked into or that I walked into back in 2014. And then we made a decision in 2015 that we wanted to modernize those systems. And that's what started uh, our journey that ended up in the Oracle Cloud.
1: Now, can you talk a little bit about the process that you, you went through then as you started into 2015? Because I know a lot of the listeners are in maybe similar situations, mm-hmm. right? Where they're sitting in an organization where it is growing through maybe some organic growth, obviously, but also a lot of mergers and acquisitions. And, and like you're saying, multiple HR systems, multiple finance systems. What were some of the first few things that you did or, or even who in your organization kind of came together to start making that decision of selection?
2: Yeah, so for us, the decision was really made by myself, our CFO, and then our SVP of HR. Uh, And the first determination that we made was, you know, we had an aging version of PeopleSoft, and, you know, our options were upgrading PeopleSoft, you know, migrating to another provider on-prem, and then moving to the cloud. And the first decision that we really made was there was no easy way for us to upgrade PeopleSoft. Uh, (laughs) Like many of your listeners We had a significant amount of customization, you know, in that. So an upgrade wasn't going to be easy, wasn't going to be cheap. And then the second thing I'm sure, like a lot of your other listeners, is, you know, we updated we made those upgrades, but very, very sparingly. It wasn't something that you kept contemporary. You didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, enhance it all of the time. So the first decision we made was, you know, we're not going to do an upgrade to PeopleSoft. So then you kind of, at that point in time, you looked at, okay, who are the other providers? And at that time on the on-prem market, it was obviously, you know, dominated by Oracle and by SAP. Mm -hmm. And so we said, well, if we're going to do an on-prem solution, we're going to go to Oracle's mainline product, which would be at that time EBS. Mm -hmm. And then we decided, you know, to go down that path. So once we decided, you know, who the competitors were, then the second decision that we made was we're only going to have one provider. So we're not going to do a separate solution for uh, ERP and a separate solution for HCM. At that point in time, there had been a lot of companies that had done, you know, an on-prem ERP implementation. And maybe they went with Workday or maybe they went with SuccessFactors at the time. But we decided there's just too much integration and too much benefit to having everything, you know, with one provider. And then the last decision that we made or the second to last decision we made was we decided that we were going to go to the cloud. At that point in time, you know, Oracle and others were saying that their cloud products would be maintained contemporary with a slight lag to their on-prem product, which is really switched, as you all know. And they're putting all of their innovation into the cloud first. And then, you know, we kind of traversed and we went through our selection process and we ended up at Oracle. Um, And then we started our implementation in the spring of 2016. We implemented uh, core ERP in the fall of 16. And then, starting uh, in January of seventeen, and culminating in January of eighteen, we implemented the HR, you know, set of tools: recruiting, learning, core HR, payroll, etc. Yeah.
1: yeah, Can you talk a little bit about um, security? Because yesterday, mm-hmm. I know there were several—not not just Larry Ellison, of course—speaking about how secure you know your data is in the cloud. But I know that's for maybe a company who hasn't made that move yet to the cloud. That mm-hmm. seems to be the biggest sort of barrier at first, it's really understanding that your data is more secure maybe than when it is on-prem. How big of a factor was that for you? Again, I mean, we're talking back, you know, several years ago sure, where it was yeah. probably even more worrisome, right? But how did you sort of work through that with your your colleagues um, and and come to that decision that you were okay with moving to the cloud?
2: Yeah, so when we looked at information security at the time, Trish, we looked at, you know, all of the different exposures, you know, that we had. And we looked at the exposures that were controllable by us and we looked at the exposures that would be controllable by the vendor. And if you think about it, the number one exposure or one of the largest exposures is, you know, there is a security flaw and you have to do the and you have to patch. Right. So -hmm. when we looked at that, clearly, we believe that Oracle had a significant advantage uh, in patching their software. They would know about the vulnerability sooner and they would obviously be more able to patch that when it's in their data center. It mm-hmm. runs on their hardware, it runs on their OS, it right, runs with their right. software. Twenty four
0: seven support. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So right.
2: so from that perspective. And then when it came to, you know, data at rest and encryption, we thought, well, you know, who's gonna encrypt your software at rest better than Oracle is going right. to be able to do? And then for us, the third exposure that we had is well, what about all of those interfaces to and from our systems? You know, with the cloud. And so there we decided to, you know, rewrite all of our legacy PeopleSoft, you know, interfaces, the ones that we had used to interface to and from PeopleSoft. And we migrated all of those, modernized all of those as well so that we could have those encrypted connections. But and then, you know, lastly for us is, you know, there's always the data center you know, threat. So the perimeter of the data center, the firewalls, or, 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 or the literal physical premise we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Okay. But I'm talking about, you know, the firewalls, okay. so the things that are inside of our data center. And, right. you know, we're a five billion dollar company. Oracle is obviously considerably larger than that. The number of people that we had focused on data centers yeah. compared to Oracle. You know, so we just thought from that perspective, we were going to be better off long term. And this was before the autonomous database and autonomous patching right. and all of the things that have come on. Uh, you know, aligned since then, but we really just thought Oracle would be able to do a better job managing security than we could on our own. Yeah, and it was really pretty much you know a unanimous discussion. Everybody yeah. inside of ours, from the IT side and the business side, were very comfortable with that yeah. approach.
0: There, I think there does come a point in an organization um, that we say, "Look, is this the business we really want to be in? Mm-hmm. Right? Do we want right. to develop world class expertise in security and patching and monitoring mm-hmm. and all the things you've got to do right to protect your data and secure your data and?" You could probably do a pretty good job at it, but sure. ultimately, sure. does it make sense for us to focus our efforts and our time and our resources mm-hmm. there or somewhere else where we can really make an impact
2: right, for our customers? Yeah, and one of the things that's, you know, Steve, proven true for us is, you know, all of the investment that Oracle and all of their other competitors have put into it, you know, all of the innovation is going into the cloud. And yeah. one big mm-hmm. part of that is security. Yeah. So, you know, data privacy, security, all of those things that they're putting into it is way mm-hmm. ahead of what we could have done. Had we gone on-prem with an SAP or an Oracle EBS, you know, we would never have been able to keep pace with the pace of change no. that they're going through. You, you caught it at the right
0: time, too, or maybe just slightly early, but probably pretty close to the right time yeah. of being able to... Uh, consume these cloud capabilities when they were just maturing enough that they could support an
2: organization like yours, I think. Yeah. And when we made the decision to go, I don't know that at the time, I think they called it a multi-tower you know, cloud strategy. It was a fairly right. unique thing through the sales process and wasn't something that a lot of people had did. So I think we did take some risk on that. Mm-hmm. But I think that risk we've been you know, paid back handsomely on cool. that because there's no better place to be than in the cloud today yeah. for an ERP's perspective and from an HCM perspective, in my opinion.
1: That's good to hear because, again, I think that's a question that comes up quite frequently. And so having, especially HR leaders, feeling well-versed in that Mm -hmm. um, so that they can have those conversations with their CIO, with their CFO. I mean, it's definitely different than when I was doing it, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago. So, again, it moves pretty quickly, but I think having Oracle as a partner there, it's sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, you can rest assured that they're – they're spending all their time and effort on on making sure it's secure.
2: And it's been a journey for us. But I mean, I think if you go back and look at the, you know, the day that we made the decision in the fall of 2015, if we would have known everything that we know today, (laughs) we would have made the same decision. We still would have picked Oracle. We still would have done both ERP and HCM at the same time. And we still would have gone to the cloud. So yeah, there's, some things that were harder than we thought they would be. Sure. There were some things that were better than they thought they would be. But I think if you can look at something four years on and say, knowing what I know today, yeah. I would have made the same decision.
1: That's actually really a really good testimonial too, because you're right. I think you know, no matter what direction you go, whether mm-hmm. you stay on prem or go to cloud or one vendor or another, yeah, you're going to have those those really um, really good positives that come mm-hmm. through that you didn't anticipate, and then some of the setbacks too. So yeah, if you can yeah. say that at the end, that's it's a good thing.
2: Yeah. And if you look at everywhere that we want to go from here forward, all of it is going to be much easier being in the cloud than it would have been on-prem. Because if you think about our HCM software specifically now, you know, that Oracle environment that we run in, it knows everybody we hire. It knows where they went to school. It knows when their last raise was, how much their last raise was. It knows what training they've taken. Mm -hmm. It knows... How long did it take us to recruit them? And so all of the things that you would want to do analyzing that data, we think is going to be far easier coming out of the cloud environment that it would have been on-prem, especially when it comes to machine learning, artificial yeah. intelligence, and those types of things.
0: Jason, there's a couple of things I'm interested in based on the story here at, at YRC, um, I think I'm going to ask you this one, though. It's a little bit different than some of the conversations we've had so far here at Open World, which is you mentioned uh, the decision process. Right? Yes. And when we talked about that, it was yourself, the CIO, mm-hmm. the CFO, yep. SVP of HR. Yes. I'd love for you to comment a little bit about just that working relationship mm-hmm. between IT, essentially, HR, and finance, and how that works. What, what do you guys do to make sure every voice is heard, everybody's needs are met, to the, to the extent that's possible? And just, Sure. I'd love to hear you comment a little bit about that working relationship that you have at YRC and how you think it works.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, so we had a relationship, you know, going in, obviously. But one of the things we did is we had a meeting every other week where we got our controller, our uh, SVP of HR, our CFO, myself, a couple of the IT VPs, and then a couple of the VPs from the other area. Mm-hmm. And we went through the project, which we did in an agile fashion. So we went through every sprint and we said, you know, what did we aspire to get done? What did we get done? What do we need to do differently to pick up the pace? And then, you know, that really helped, I think, foster that collaboration because everybody knew what was happening in all facets of the project. The other thing that we did was I told them, you know, my only requirement going into this is that we pick one vendor. You know, one of the things that we learned from PeopleSoft and the other you know, applications that we had As you know, my development team spent a huge amount of time developing interfaces in <laughs> into one program right. and out of another program. And we said, hey, if we pick one vendor between ERP and HCM, you know, those interfaces could be left. And then we did our conference room pilots, but we really left the discussion of, you know, the functionality and, you know, which software package they liked better, or which cloud solution they liked better, you know, up to the users And then when it came time for us to make a decision, it was unanimous. Everybody thought that Oracle was the best fit for us. Everybody thought going to the cloud was the right answer for us. And then, like I said, you know, once we got into our sprints, you know, we met every week. We did our demos. We did our retrospectives. We did all of those things that Agile teams do. And, you know, it really helped them understand the process and where we were going.
1: Can you talk a little bit about um, as you're going through the different uh, functionalities, you know, once mm-hmm. you got to that phase and, and thinking about the processes that you all used, how much changed from going from an on-prem sort of way that you're running your business to the cloud? Mm-hmm. Um, was there very much change in the way that you handled different processes? Were you taking sort of best practices from Oracle? What was kind of your approach to that?
2: Yeah, there was so there was quite a few changes in the processes because we had a you know a heavily customized version right. of PeopleSoft and we wanted to use the delivered functionality from ERP and HCM, you know, as closely as we could. There were certainly some, you know, configuration changes that we had to make and some reports and things that we needed, especially, you know, in and around, you know, our own personal, you know, Sarbanes-Oxley controls, you know, and things like that. But yeah, we did have to make, you know, a number of process changes. The biggest changes for us were, you know, after you go live and then when Oracle back in two thousand eighteen, you know, went to quarterly updates, mm-hmm. you know, and the eighteen A, B, C, D, you know, sure. et cetera. And there, you know, we really had to, you know, take a, a much closer look at how we tested for that. Because, you know, when you okay. do an ERP implementation and an H C M implementation on prem you know, you do that. You spend years working on it. You do this gigantic and right. system <laughs> testing. System testing, at the yeah. That, sure. You know, it's done, and You're then like, you know, okay. you, oh my you god. wait x number of years. <laughs> I wish I had
0: like a, a, all that time back. I spent writing test scripts back in the oh day. My oh my god! Yes, yeah. you know.
2: So that's been, a, you know, that's been a change for us. And then, you know, some of it is just, you know, in and around Sarbanes Oxley. You know, Oracle sends out a SOC one. You know, they attest to certain things versus us having to actually run tests, you sure. know, on prem to do it. So yeah, there has been, you know, some changes in that. But I can tell you, you know, that since we've done it, you know, and we're live on payroll, you know, Mm -hmm. all of our people since January of 18 have been paid on time and we've closed the books on time and, you know, all of that. So there's been, you know, different, you know, peaks and valleys through the process. But overall, we think it went pretty well.
0: Are there some uh, specific other business benefits or outcomes either that you've realized already or that you're working towards in terms of? I don't know things like efficiency, productivity, reduce cost, whatever. Right? I mean, this is a huge undertaking. It is, but a huge when you after you get there, you're like, oh wow, this is.
2: There's some cool things that are happening. Is there some stories like that you could share? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things, you know, we're really interested in, you know, and we're still uh, personally on Taleo, you know, so we want to go to the Oracle recruiting module, which we've got queued up, you know, to do. So one of the things, you know, in and around recruiting is, you know, there's just so much more that you could do now with the social aspect of it and the mobile aspect of it, really to make it much easier for people to apply, whether you're, you know, looking for... um, you know, drivers like we are, or whether you're looking for software programmers, you know, like I am, et cetera. So, you know, in and around recruiting, we think there's a lot of things that we could do. And then we think, you know, a lot of the things that Oracle's talking about at Oracle Open World this this week, you know, in and around related to data and how do you use that data to make better decisions and how do you use it to make more proactive decisions and, you know, the power of all of that that they have. And, you know, that's where we really, you know, uh, think that we're going to be better served being in the cloud. And then obviously, you know, you know, chat bots and things like that that they're going to have yeah, coming the online. Yeah, digital assistants,
0: really, right. really no. cool. Yeah,
2: and and those are just things that you know, a five billion dollar industrial company located on Overland Park, Kansas. It's pretty hard to get you know, uh, machine learning experts or natural <laughs> <Right>. language. <programs laughs> they're not just from hanging
0: around uh, at the coffee
2: shops uh, in yeah, Overland yeah. Park. There may be a, <laughs> they may be some in the Starbucks down yeah. the street from us, but uh, the Starbucks between my house and our office doesn't have a lot of those types of people. Yeah,
1: right. Oh, well, yeah. I would imagine too. I think just being able to have you know, you have drivers primarily. I mean, obviously, other roles as well. But sure. but you know, they're they're out on the road. They're by mm-hmm. themselves. They're you know, just having in their in their smartphone the ability to quickly check on something um, that involves their family, or maybe you know, maybe they're away from home and now someone needs something about insurance, or yeah, if mo- something's happened. They can handle it right there. Yeah, right? The, the mobile quickly. the
2: mobile phone aspect because we have a lot of remote employees. You know, anything that you could do through their phone. Yeah is something that they really appreciate. Whether it's checking, you know, if you get... Paid by the hour or paid mm-hmm. by the mile, when your paycheck isn't exactly the same every week, you know, just to be able to check that balance, just be able to do those things. If you're not happen to be yeah. at home, is a big deal for a lot of them. Right. Yeah,
0: it, I mean, I hear what you're saying on the on the recruiting side. I mean, I'm fascinated, as I said, with the trucking industry and and the, the difficulty it can be to find drivers, the shortages that are that are written about all the time. Right. I feel like for a long time, like most of the industry, their main uh, method of attract talent attraction was put a sign on the actual truck. <laughs> That was it. Just that drivers wanted. You know,
2: they all have those and, signs today. I'm not sure how effective they are. Yeah, anything, but I see a lot it. of them. But, sure.
0: um, but, um, yeah. I, I'd love for you to comment on that, though. Like when you talk to your HR folks, mm-hmm. in, in, I mean, as, as a business, as a business leader at this business, are those yeah. things real
2: or am I just reading about stuff that's, oh, you know. Do you, no. do, you,
0: do you sense it's become a little more difficult to find talent across the board?
2: Yeah, I do. And I think if you look at it, you know, that's one of the things that we hope to get much deeper insight you know, out of HCM, you know, so things like, you know, if we hire computer science majors, how long does it take us to hire them? Yeah. You know, and if the sure. process is shorter, is the person more likely to have a good onboarding experience and is he or she longer, you know, more likely yeah. to stay with us for a longer period of time? Does it matter what time of year that you hire them? Does it matter what institution that they oh, went to? Does it the matter what they thing, study? I've not heard anybody talk Yeah, about it's it so, it. kind of interesting. Yeah, so variable. all of those things, you know, so if you give people that are graduating in the spring their offer in December. Mm-hmm. so that they can go into their you know last semester of their senior year and don't have to do the job interviews and don't have to worry about where they're going It's a from. good
1: tactic. Yeah. yeah,
2: and so anything that we can do around that. And then obviously there's you know many 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 privacy things to be you know, discuss, but, you know, Oracle going to have a lot of information on a lot of different companies and we would be willing to, you know, entertain discussions to see how do we baseline or how do we compare against other HCM customers? Because everybody mm-hmm. to a large extent these days needs to hire accountants and finance people yes. and IT people, you know, so is mm-hmm. our recruiting process longer than most? Is it mm-hmm. shorter than most? You know, right. how does it really, you know, Baseline and compare. So, what are those benchmarks that you need to be able to do? So, and because HCM is such a you know transactional centric type of you know functionality, typically, you know, we think it's just ripe for you know bots and automation and things that we are very very comfortable that Oracle will bring to market yeah. much faster than we would have been able to on prem. Yeah, yeah.
0: Jason, sounds like a, it's been a great uh, experience overall. The last five years, it has. Right, it's been I a great mean, experience. you've done a lot. I yeah. mean
2: we we've,
1: we've been lucky we've talked change. to
0: yeah a few companies this week that have done these major transformations in relatively short fashion. Mm-hmm.
1: I think though yeah? that's that's a testament though to having a partner like Oracle because if you have that that trust, if you feel that your data is secure, if it takes some of the potential worries off the plates of mm-hmm. the executives that are working, you know, to make these these changes happen because then it gives you more time to deal with like other people changes, right, within the organization in terms of communication or maybe how mm-hmm. you're going to get people to use the system as opposed to a sort of p- putting the system in and implementing it. You know, it just, it takes, I would imagine it takes the stress away a little bit. Yeah, and
2: we really went into it with a long-term partnership in mind. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I jokingly said to our executive committee you know when we made this decision i said you know this is like hotel california you check in and you don't ever leave (laughs) that's
1: probably true right i think
2: if you were to go back and ask the majority of your listeners that are still on prem and making looking to make a change you know what year did you implement your current system whether that's jd edwards or sap or oracle or PeopleSoft or whatever it might be you know, I think you'd find very few of them that had their current system less than a decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And many of them were probably in a similar situation to us. They implemented yeah. it to, you the, know, combat The HCM YGK. systems
0: are older than the furniture in a lot of those places. Yeah.
2: I mean, and, it's, and, and, um, and they look like they're older than that furniture as well.
0: <laughs> Jason, this has been a great story. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us and sharing it. My this pleasure. Is, uh, I love it. I'm
1: I'm geeked on trucking. We should start that other podcast I've been talking about. I didn't know that about you. I do like the shows because you... (laughs) Trucking Daily. No, I think... You know what's interesting is it's sort of like little mini field trips, right? When we talk to various customers and really kind of dig into what you're doing. And it... I don't know. It's fascinating to me, too. I I love that aspect of learning a lot about manufacturing. And I think what surprises me the most about maybe all the different customers we've talked to, it's... it's, You're all um, varying sizes, varying industries... Um, numbers of employees uh, drastically different, but everyone still seems to have kind of the same base needs, um, the base concerns, and when you're making those decisions, it, it all comes down to being very similar. So yeah. I think too that's good. Whether you're someone who's out there listening in healthcare and thinking like, well, how could this really apply to me? Sure. The decision process is very similar, and um, and the you benefits can learn of the consolidation, of oh, consolidated absolutely.
0: platform, we've heard a few times this week, yes. and, and that's ringing true with me too. Yeah, in terms so it really. Of, I'm an old ERP guy. I come from finance and accounting, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Sure. And the benefit Same. of having those systems connected and under one database and. Right. One schema or um, one set of user interfaces, right? One password, right. all that stuff. One so set of elements. roles, yeah. one
1: set of segregation Security, of duties. Yeah. Well, and much like, you, of here. much like you when you joined five years ago, it's like sometimes you join an organization and you're inheriting all of those various systems and different vendors and whatnot. And so... Um, I guess even being able to sort of go through the business case and the planning for how do you even have that discussion, that's something that a lot of um, HR leaders and CIOs face. He's
0: my my favorite line, Trish, where I said most HR leaders don't buy new HR systems. They inherit old ones.
1: That's true. There you go. That's very true. I've done it many times. That's a Steve Bowe's quote right there. Oh, is that a Steve Bose quote? Yes. All
0: All right, right. I'm getting the high sign here. From our friends, uh, this has been awesome, though Oracle Studio. This is my last podcast, I think, from I know. the studio. I have so, one more today. thanks from me and uh, uh, and thanks to Jason. Uh, YRC Worldwide, the the biggest, most interesting company. You may not know, but now you do. Yes. All right. <laughs> thanks Overland, for having me. Great Thank to you. see you. All right, that's it for today's HR Happy Hour show. Uh, for Trish McFarland, my name's Steve Bose. We will see you next time on the HR Happy Hour show. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.